Praise God. You guys can be seated. Uh, you know, it's amazing when you're preparing a sermon for those of you that are, are pastors or have been, if you've ever got to share your testimony and God really speaks to you, the deliverer, um, the message that he is actually having you uh, share with others. And that's what happened to me this week. And I want to thank Matt and Joanne because just coming here and hearing worship, you know, I think... Um, Often we think of Christmas carols or Christmas songs, and it doesn't dawn on us that um, not every Christmas song we sing, but many of them, they are about worshiping God, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, let me open us up in prayer. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Lord, and as we are preparing our hearts for this season, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would remind us, Holy Spirit, about what this season is about and it is the greatest gift of all and that is you Jesus and the gift that you gave us a gift of forgiveness of sins and eternal life and so Lord I pray that you would guide me Holy Spirit as I share Lord um, the wisdom that we can gain through your word the wisdom that we can gain through the wise men who um, knew so well what they were to do during this season and so we just pray over today. Holy Spirit, have your way. We pray this in your name. Amen. So welcome again for you guys here. For those of you guys online, we want to welcome you guys. And I'll mention this in our announcements, but I really want to encourage you guys to return to in-person worship. We've been talking about that, and there is something incredible when we can worship with other believers. And with next week, when we are actually celebrating Christmas, it is a few days before, but it is Sunday uh, before Christmas, I'd like to encourage you guys to come here, invite your friends and family. We are doing everything we can to keep people as safe as possible. So I want to encourage you, what we're going to do next week as well is we are not going to be offering the Zoom service in hopes that more of you are here in person. We will also, though, be streaming on YouTube live. And so again, I want to encourage you guys to come and join us. And now, uh, as we are you know, getting ready for today, we're going to be continuing our sermon series on the wise men and the wisdom that we can get about preparing our hearts and what we should be focused on during the season. And last week, I talked about the wisdom that the wise men had that they sought Jesus. We read, they did so many things to seek him. They learned about him. They talked to others about him. And in the end, we said that they understood that it takes a certain amount of effort. In their case, a lot of effort. They took this long journey. They risked so much. And so today we're going to answer the question, why did they do that? Was it just for fun? Is it because they wanted to just see what this was all about? Or was there a reason? So we're reading from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. And it's the broader picture of what Matt was sharing. So now you're going to have the whole picture in context about the Magi, the wise men. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, 
For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing him, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their country by another way. So what we see here in this passage is that the wise men, they did all those things. They learned about Jesus. They took this incredible journey. They risked so much because they wanted to worship him. And so today we're going to be talking about worship because that is the reason that the wise men did what they did. And that's why it was so powerful today. Um, for me, I, I think it was probably the first time that I really thought about the songs we sing at Christmas purely as worship songs. As, that's it, just purely as worship songs. And I found myself putting my hands up as I would other worship songs we sing on Sundays, and I think it just, it just was really powerful. Then I thought, wow, how incredible is that, is that there are so many people that don't know who Jesus is, yet they're worshiping him. And I think that's pretty cool to think of. It's kind of a sneaky, cool way of, of, of what God is doing. But that's the essence of the Magi and their trip and their journey, is that they wanted to worship Jesus. So I want to talk about worship to start things off. And Pastor Emily, she spent a lot of this year talking about worship, and musical worship was a lot of her focus. Now, when you look at the Hebrew word for worship, it means bowing down or lying flat on your face to prostrate oneself. So bowing down, falling on your knees, maybe laying down the floor with your arms spread out like this. That's what the Hebrew word for worship means. The Greek word is similar, but it adds expression in attitude or gesture, gesture of one's complete dependence on or submission to a higher authority. So the wise men, they learned about Jesus, they talked to others about him, and they put significant effort into their journey to find him so they could bow down so they could fall flat on their face to express their complete dependence and more likely, in their case, submission to Jesus. That's why they worshipped Him. And why did they do this? Well, it's because they knew who Jesus was. They had studied, they had learned that He was born King of the Jews and that He was the Messiah, the Anointed, or the Chosen One. But here's the thing that's so amazing about this is that he was not their king. They didn't truly understand that part. They didn't truly understand his significance. But they had the wisdom to nonetheless to worship him, to pay homage to him. You know, Matthew gives us some incredible perspective on this heart of worship because he talks about Herod. And we learn that 
Herod, he too sought the Messiah. He sought the king. He didn't know about it. He should have. Being the king of Israel, he should have known the prophets, but he didn't. So he had to seek all the wise men and the priests to tell him about this. And then we see that he calls the Magi to him and he says, Hey, you know what? Go and find him and then report you know, where he is because I too want to worship him. But we know because we have the Bible today in a form that we get to see the whole story and we know that he didn't want to worship him. He didn't want to worship Jesus. He wanted to kill him. He was afraid of him because what Jesus would take away from him because Jesus is the true king of Israel. And like the wise men, you know, we need to have the wisdom too to worship Jesus. Because we have the Bible. We're able to go to church. We really have no excuse to say we don't know who Jesus is and where he can be found. We're so blessed that we can do that. But we want to develop that heart where we're showing, his, our, showing him our complete dependence and our complete submission. So again, we want to take that wisdom that the wise men had, and we too, we should want to worship Jesus. Now I love as we continue the story of the Magi, we see that when the opportunity came to worship Jesus, the wise men, they were overjoyed. They didn't just say, oh, this is great. They were overjoyed because they had the opportunity to worship Jesus. Matthew 2 verses 9 through 10, after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. After meeting with King Herod, wise men, they continued their search. And now they had more information. They knew where Jesus could be found because they had heard more information from the, the, the priests and the prophets, the people that, that uh, Herod had gathered around. So now they have more information. We know or they knew where to find Jesus. They also had this incredible guide. They had the Messiah's star that rose again. The thing that they initially followed, it was there again. And now it showed. It, it, I don't know exactly. I'm imagining it was just this light, this beam that was over the home, the house, because as I mentioned last week, it wasn't the manger, right? That's a misunderstanding that people have, that it was a home. That's where the wise men found Jesus. Now, I'm sure that that star, the Messiah star, I'm sure that having that, seeing that again, and seeing that light showing or pointing directly to where Jesus was, I'm sure that was incredibly amazing because of what it meant because of their learning. So I'm sure they were like, wow, this is so incredible. But it wasn't the star that caused the men, the wise men to be overjoyed. What caused them to be overjoyed was the opportunity that they had to worship Jesus. Now think about that. If we saw this incredible star that maybe wasn't a normal star we saw in the sky on a regular basis, and it pointed directly to the Messiah, I'm sure we would all be like, enamored by that but that wasn't it again it was their opportunity it was the opportunity they had to worship Jesus that's what caused them to be overjoyed you know we have at Christians today modern day Christians and Christians even maybe 
100 years ago, we have it a lot easier than the wise men. We don't have to struggle to find Jesus. We don't have to go on these incredible journeys or look for a star to help guide us to opportunities to worship Jesus. And while there are places in the world where if you want to worship with other Christians, you could be risking your life, that's not a problem that we have here in the U.S. We're also not limited by having to see Jesus in person in order to worship Him. We don't have to do that. The challenge or the obstacle that many Christians have today that the wise men didn't is if we are truly overjoyed when we have the opportunity to worship Jesus. And that word joy or, or overjoyed, it means an extreme state of happiness or well-being. When you guys come to church today, when you came here, did you feel happiness and well-being simply because you get to worship Jesus? Think about that. Were you happy? Were you excited simply to be here? Not to see other people, not to get to do things, except for getting to worship Jesus. Are you overcome with gladness and gratefulness just to be in Jesus' presence? Jesus is everywhere, but I, I think that when we come together in the church building, that place of worship, sometimes our focus is just greater there. You know, Jesus can be found anywhere, but I think there's just this thinking we have that, oh, on a Sunday in church, it's maybe easier to find Jesus there. And maybe the building, it just helps us to focus. But when you come here, do you get excited that you get to be in Jesus' presence, even though he is everywhere? Do you feel that you want to show Jesus you are completely dependent on him and that you're completely submitted to him? Do you think about that? when you come to worship Jesus. If you don't feel that way, perhaps it's because you're depending on yourself or other things more than you're depending on God. Maybe you don't want God to be in control of your life. Maybe you want to be in control of your life. Or maybe you come to church for other reasons other than being in the presence of Jesus and having that opportunity to worship Him with others. You know, as we prepare for Christmas, we should ask ourselves, do I put tremendous effort, just like the wise men, into finding ways to worship God? Or does it take tremendous effort to worship God? So let me say that again. Does it take, or do you put tremendous effort into finding opportunities to worship God? Do you worship God in the morning? Do you worship God on your way to work? Do you, got, do you worship God singing worship songs in the shower? Or is it just tough to get you out of bed to come to church? We have to ask ourselves that. The wise men, they weren't Christians. They didn't have that personal relationship with Jesus. They didn't know all that He would do for the world. They didn't understand forgiveness of sins and eternal life that would be possible through Him but they still had the wisdom to worship Him. We do know these things. We have the Bible. We have sermons to listen to. We have so many opportunities to learn about Jesus. And we do have the opportunity to have that personal relationship with Him. 
But again, do we put in the effort? Do we take the time? Do we express the joy that the wise men did in getting to worship Jesus? Do we show Jesus that we are completely dependent, that we absolutely rely on Him for everything, and that we are truly submitted to Him? Do we do that? Those are some questions that we need to ask ourselves as we prepare for Christmas. Now, I love where this passage ends. It tells us when the wise men were in Jesus' presence, they worshipped Him. Matthew 2, verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We'll be talking about those gifts next week, but this week it's this incredible reality that when they were in Jesus' presence, when they saw him, they bowed down and they worshipped him. You know, we're so incredibly blessed that we are always in Jesus' presence, whether we feel that way or not, whether we realize that. That's the truth. He's omnipresent. He's God. He's everywhere. So unlike the wise men, we don't have to be in a room with Jesus physically in order to worship him. Because of Jesus' death and his resurrection and the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, we can worship Jesus anytime, place. However, Jesus tells us in Scripture, and it's incredible because these are his words, that there are some conditions that are necessary for true and genuine worship. You know, it would be great to think you can simply come to church and start singing, and that's good enough. But Jesus actually tells us that's not the case. John 4, verses 19 through 24. This is a story of the woman at the well. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. So Scripture tells us, Jesus tells us there's conditions. And these are the worshiper, the Father. These are the worshipers God seeks. These are the worshipers God wants. So as Christians, if we truly want to worship Jesus, if we truly want to worship God, we need to do it in the Spirit and in the truth. So what this means is our worship must be genuine. And we have to have the proper relationship with Jesus, the proper relationship with God in order to worship Him. Basically, we need to mean it. You know, when you come here to worship, because again, I think when we are in the church, when we're with others, it's easier to worship God. For some people, it's easier. 
But when we're here, is our focus on God? You know, are we compelled to fall on our knees? Are we compelled to fall on our face? Or are we worried about what we look like? Are we worried about if the people playing music, if, are we worried about if the people are singing and are they, you know, is this person's voice too loud or too quiet? If there's a little bit of, you know, popping with the sound, with the speakers, does that totally get us focused on other things? On our way to church, did we get in a disagreement with our spouses or with our friends and now we've come into church angry or frustrated? You know, those things don't help us genuinely, from a heart level, worship God. And those are the conditions that Jesus tells us are important to worship. It's doing it in the Spirit and in the truth. So again, it's genuine. It's a heart thing. It's that true relationship. It's obedience. It's submission to God. It's saying, God, you are my everything. It's realizing we are nothing without Him. We need Him for everything. Now, the reason Jesus explained these conditions is because there are those who act like they are worshiping. They could be here in church acting like they're worshiping. They could have a smile on their face. They could be putting their hands up. But their hearts and minds aren't truly on Jesus. Isaiah 29, verse 13. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. I think that's one of the reasons we have to be careful that we don't make people think there's only one way to worship God. Because you may base your worship, and if it's genuine, on if you're copying what everybody else does, and that's not the case. It's all about your heart. It's do you truly believe in what you're saying, in what you're singing, in what you're doing, and you, do you believe in the one that you're doing that for? That's why today I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit just gave me a whole different way to look at Christmas songs. Form of worship, they are worship songs. Again, not every song, but many of them. And can we look at them like that? So now when you see a Christmas carol, a Christmas song being sung or being played at the grocery store, at a restaurant, realizing probably a lot of those people are not Christian, it's pretty cool to think that there's a worship song praising Jesus going on in the background. Like I today, you know, like I said, I'm very grateful to Matt and Joanne for singing the songs they did because I have a greater appreciation for Christmas songs. I'm like, wow. These are forms of evangelism. People may not know it. We have to pray more that the Holy Spirit would convict them, that the Holy Spirit would change hearts. But it's pretty neat to think that as much as the world is trying to get us to forget about Jesus, they're trying to take Jesus out of Christmas, right? That they're still singing songs that praise and worship God. I think that's incredible. So we have to have the right mindset the right heart condition when we worship God. I want to end, and I was talking to Matt earlier this week about something I felt the Holy Spirit kind of burdening my heart to, and that is finding a way or answering the question, how do we truly and sincerely worship God? And we talked about 
It's a spiritual thing, right? It's in spirit and in truth. So that's about genuineness. And so there's three things we need to do, and I have asked Matt to give us, to help us have an opportunity to do that. So the first thing I'm going to do is ask you guys to pray. Pray that God would really speak to you, that God would prepare your hearts and your minds. And that's that second thing, it's prepare your hearts and minds. And the final is express your reliance and submission to God. And so I'm going to have Matt come up. I think Joanne's going to join him. And so we're going to have an opportunity to do something that I know in the time we've been here, we've never done. And that's, we're going to really worship God according to what the Bible says. So I'm going to do this, and I ask you guys to, if you can, not everybody can fall on their knees. I don't know if everybody wants to fall on their face, but especially if you guys are home, if you're on your couches, man, there should be no reason you cannot do this, that we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to get, help us focus our minds and hearts on Him. You know, I'm going to go to the chair over here, and I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm just going to pray. I'm going to worship God in the purest sense possible. Because that's how I want my heart to be as we prepare for Christmas. I want to be like the wise men. I want to worship Jesus, but I don't want to do it if my heart's not right. I don't want to do it if it's not genuine. So if you guys want to just now, I'm going to have Matt start playing now. He's got this incredible song that, um, I don't know, it's just on my heart. And I'm so glad Matt is able to sing it. That's what's so tremendous. Um, so if you guys want to join me, we'll just take the next maybe four minutes or so, and we're just going to fall on our knees. If you want to just uh, kind of bow right before your seat and just pray. So that's what we're going to do. Amen. to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of a worship and it's all about you it's all about you jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I 
endless word No one could express How much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor Oh, all I have is yours Your single breath I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you Yeah, it's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus all about you I'll bring you more than a song more than a song because it's all about you Jesus I'll bring you more than a song more than a song coming back to the heart of a worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus Lord Jesus, uh, Lord, we love you, and uh, Lord, uh, you have humbled me, Lord, as, uh, Lord, you've just taken this time, Lord, you've brought me to tears to realize that, Lord, we have made church something it's not, Lord, it is all about you, Lord, and, uh, Lord, we can get so busy with, with life stuff, we can even make our, our faith so busy and filled with so many things that don't focus on you, Lord. And we are sorry, Lord. I repent, Lord, of my sin of making church something other than what it should be, where it's all about you, Lord. It should only be about you, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us all to get back to the heart of worship, to get back to um, the 
heart of our faith, which is all about you, Lord Jesus. I pray for all of us, Lord, as we are preparing for the celebration of your birth, Lord, that this week we would have moments with you, these intimate, private moments that would, Lord, just break our hearts for you, Lord, that we would desire only you. Lord, help us to be the kind of believers you want, to be the true worshipers that God you want, that worship in spirit and in truth, Lord. Thank you for being the greatest gift we could ever imagine. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. God. Well, thank you guys. You know, I just kind of felt led to do something different, and I hope, um, you know, it's kind of interesting just how how true worship and prayer kind of works that, you know, it takes a few minutes to kind of forget things going on in the world. Um, And then we get back to that heart of worship and the Holy Spirit breaks our hearts and we get to focus on God. Amen.